Hello everyone and welcome to episode 130 of Career Podcast. Our today's guest is Ms. Joanna Damczewska. She's a digital illustrator and visual artist from Herjercik Novi. I hope I didn't butcher that name. Basically the country of Montenegro, let's just put it that way. All right, so with that out of the way, let's just jump into the first question I ask everyone. Give us a little introduction on how we got into all of worlds of visual arts and design and everything. Okay, so uh, first I started with art uh, uh, in high school. So I went in art high school for traditional art. Uh, then I tried to go in academy for also traditional art, for like traditional painting, but then that didn't work out. Uh, so. I wrote. Uh, I went to college for something totally else, something different, but it had something to do with digital. So we learned Adobe Premiere, Adobe After Effects, uh, Photoshop a little bit, uh, and video editing. But I still loved to draw, so I didn't want to uh, give up on that. So I started learning digital art on my own. So basically, YouTube uh, and searching tutorials online, and that's it. But it's good because I had this basic knowledge from traditional art that I learned in high school. All right, awesome. And it was nice to hear that more artists are, you know, getting their up and comings via, like, you know, self-studying just from YouTube and internet. That's so inspiring, actually, I think. And, um, like, I mean, of course, you already mentioned the, like, you know, how you got to art, but like, even when you were very you were in high school or maybe, I don't know, you were a bit younger, and you know, during those times, people usually start to question. All right, what do you want to, what do you want to do as a job in the future, and all that stuff. Um, did you know at that point you wanted to be an artist? You just want to continue be, being an artist as a job, or were, were there doubts? And you were like, oh, I need to, I think, go to become an engineer or something else, you know, more stable. Um, how was it like for you? Well, I always liked art. I also liked music and movies and all that. But when I remember my childhood. I remember watching uh, this uh, cartoon, or it's uh, it's um, how do you say? A movie. Animation. Animation movie, and uh, on that CD you had like you watch a movie, or you want to learn how to draw those characters. And I would go there, and I would follow how to draw that horse, uh, spirited, it's spirit uh, animal movie. I'm sorry. Uh, so I would draw that, and I just remember that I really enjoyed it. Also, one time I catch uh, a TV show where you just follow this guy who is drawing some simple characters, and I would do that. Uh, uh, that's not something that most kids were interested in, but I, I loved watching that. And so it wasn't my decision to be an artist, but I just remember enjoying really drawing. And, and I also don't like uh, math or things like that. I always like music and movies and drawing and... Uh, just uh, I'm this type of person, so uh, somehow it, I don't know, it lead me that way. All right, and do you have any favorite, like, you know, cartoons or animations that really inspired you from when you were, like, you know, you said you were a child? Well, that's my favorite one, but I can't remember the entire name. I just know there is this uh, yellow horse and his name is Spirit. I think everybody knows that um, Yeah, that kind of sounds familiar as well. Jesus. It's a very I think, I, I think I've forgotten myself as well. <laughs> and um, all right. 
Now, speaking of like, you know, what you're doing right now, what is your main branch of design that you're focusing on right now? I mean, of course, in the introduction, I mentioned that you're a digital illustrator and a visual artist, but in what area are you like, you know, specializing in? Well, I'm specializing myself in uh, game art. So uh, when I was searching for a perfect style that I can uh, work on and develop that would like cover everything I like, it was always that uh, stylized style. And I was like, if I learn that, then I can uh, do game art. I can maybe do some children books. It covers a lot of things. So I decided to learn uh, stylized art. And then I discovered that you can make passive income with making game assets. So that was perfect. Uh, So I think that is like my thing that I'm uh, most, uh, how do you say, most good at. And, um, like, I don't know, I saw your stuff, and the first thing that popped to my mind was, I don't know, do you remember the first Dota one? The Dota All-Stars from Warcraft 3? Yes, but that's funny thing about it. I don't play games. So... What? <laughs> like, at all. I don't know anything about... I don't even know how uh, game icons actually work in games. I'm not that familiar with all that. Maybe that's because people are like, wow, that's so creative. I didn't expect that because I don't know what should I paint for a specific icon. I just search a little bit about it and then I paint it, but it's not what you expect because I don't play games. I used to play games when I was little, uh, but that's it. Uh, I stopped when I was maybe 12. That's, I really didn't expect that I, because here's the thing, if you look at, you know, the icons of item icons or the hero icons, like in Warcraft or World of Warcraft or Dota or League of Legends, all these games, especially Blizzard games, like your style kind of like, it's like, I, I, I can see the items in those games, you know, because they're so similar. And I thought you must be heavily inspired by them. Like even the ability icons, like I, I can actually see them. It's kind of interesting. Well, I, I am inspired uh, in terms of, like I, I actually searched their art on Pinterest and I use them as inspiration, but I never played any of those games. So I never played World of Warcraft. And please don't go over those games. They they might be fun, but they will cost you your sanity. Trust me. <laughs> <laughs> and... Um, all right so speaking of like you know the stuff you did right now i want to ask you about something else how does your design process usually go anytime you want to start working on a project or you know maybe a bunch of icons or just anything in general how does the structure of your pipeline look like well first of all i don't start anything without the reference so that's like my first step always i always open pinterest and scroll for at least 10 minutes to get inspired to find some good references and to just get my thoughts going. Uh, and then everything is similar like everyone else does. I mean, sketch and, you know, but uh, I don't start anything without the reference. And because I say that because I know a lot of artists avoid references, you know, that like, uh, that's like copying. Should I use a reference? I should only use my own mind. And uh, that's not the way to go if you want to improve. And all right, now, before we started the podcast, and even also during the podcast, you mentioned like a couple of minutes earlier, that uh, it is possible to make uh, like, you know, passive income with, you know, selling game assets. But before we jump into that, I need to ask something else first. What was the first art job paycheck you ever got? What was it for? And how did you feel at the time when you got it? 
Well, I first started on Upwork. Have you heard of that website? Yes, it's a freelancing website, yeah. Yeah, I started that and I worked uh, there for like two or three years. I remember my first job, uh, it was something simple, like line art of something. And mostly, let's be honest, jobs over there aren't that interesting. And you're just accepting everything just to earn some money. And there were all kinds of uh, projects. Uh, But then it just got boring over time. You know, it's it's not paid that well. And you're also not... uh, growing as an artist it's usually some simple stuff something that's not helping you to develop so i just decided to stop with all that and just to focus on improving as much as i can uh, as fast as i can and a good thing to improve fast and is to have like a goal so my goal was to make my first game asset that's going to uh, look as better as it can i mean the best it can look so uh, I didn't just practice anything. It was very clear. I had a clear goal, a hundred magic items. And I think that really uh, made me uh, improve faster because my goal was very specific. I looked a look at uh, a reference at Pinterest. I, I knew how it's supposed to look. Uh, that's it. Also, I, I, I did accept some freelance job while making my game asset because I had to earn some money, but that's still my main focus. I just wanted to move away from Upwork and websites like that. All right, awesome. And um, now let's jump into the juicy stuff of this podcast that we need to like you know discuss. We've mentioned it twice by now, and it's all. It's all. I'm gonna. I'm gonna ask you about your whole experience, like you know, selling game assets and you know, making passive income, like from the bottom to the top of it. Like, explain to us, you know, how it goes and how. What advices do you have for anyone who might have this uh, kind of plan and ambition? Well, first of all, uh, I'm using uh, websites like Unity Asset Store, ArtStation Marketplace, uh, Unreal Engine Marketplace. Uh, there is this website Each.io, uh, Graphic River or Envato Market. Uh, those are main uh, five stores that I use for selling. And maybe I, I mean there maybe there are better ways to go about this, but I'm basically just thinking what would be fun for me to draw at this point, at this moment. So I basically just do that. So uh, last asset that I'm working on was 100 fantasy books. Uh, it was just like idea that popped in my head, just like that. There, so there's no specific reason. But after doing this for a few years, I kind of have a feeling what will sell well. So just by doing it for a longer time, you kind of get the feel of what people buy and what will sell well. But I'm also really looking uh, for assets that I'm going to enjoy and that are going to help me improve because it's just uh, more fun and motivating. It keeps me going. All right. So this, and... this is the way I see it. It can be anything. I also have assets where I painted a hundred uh, gems or I don't know, abilities, hundred abilities. It can be anything. And by the way, in case anyone is listening to the podcast and might want have an idea for for their indie game and they need some quick assets, quick like you know very fairly priced assets, you can check the art station link down in the caption below. I'll put them in the caption as well. 
and uh, you can check them out. Yeah, there's for potions, there's for rune icons, there's for stones and gems, as she said herself, and ability icons. Like, there's so much, especially for fantasy genre, there's a lot of, like, you know, cool stuff you can check out. So, yeah, definitely check it out. And also, the thing is that um, I also, like, I'm kind of noticing is... Um, the fact that a lot of people who get in art, you know, they, of course, the first thing they think about is like, you know, wanting to make some money out of it, you know, so they cannot like, you know, do it for, for a living. But during this time, you know, when they try to find their way of like, you know, what niche they want to like, you know, work on, not necessarily genre, like medium itself as well. Um, it's kind of sad that some people like, you know, get in this trap of like, you know, doing, I don't know, they kind of have to do bad, take bad commissions from bad clients. And in your opinion, uh, like in your experience, have you had any bad experiences, like you know, weird experiences with clients or commissioners? And how and what advice do you have for people to deal with them? Like you know, how to spot them? Like you know, how to basically the whole thing. Honestly, this entire time I've been doing freelance, uh, it's like five years maybe. I always re relied on my feeling in my stomach. And that's saved me most of the time. So when I get the first message, I instantly have like a nice feeling or even if it's just a little bit like uh, weird and uncomfortable, I, I immediately expect something bad. And it usually ends up being either they want, I don't know, I need to work for two days just to get $5 or they're trying to just get as much work done for, I don't know, they're just the bad clients it's it's always that feeling i mean i it's not a good advice but i'm not sure it, no that's actually perfect my advice, advice is that you should trust just trust that feeling yeah that's what i'm saying like you know just go with your gut feeling don't don't doubt yourself don't try to like say oh don't be so sensitive like you know don't think so don't be paranoid no maybe there's something inside of you that actually tells like it's kind of unexplainable but yeah go with that gut feeling i mean mm -hmm. um yeah i can i can 100 percent like agree with what you said because it also applies to a lot of my experiences as well um both good and bad as well and um all right let's go into another subject uh what who are your favorite artists and designers that have inspired you the most and you're still following them can you name a mm -hmm. few just a second i really have to think about uh it's weird because i get inspired by a lot of stuff so i do i don't pick one artist and just follow him but whatever i see i save i'm always saving any painting i like for inspiration honestly i cannot think uh, like on top of my head uh, like one person to to yeah i know i know to it's mention. And I mean, here's the thing, like the philosophy behind this question is like, I mean, I think you even asked before coming out the podcast, is there anything I need to prepare for? I, I, I'm not sure. Like most people used to ask, and, and, I, and I don't remember if you asked, but I, but I think you did. And I, I think I said no, I think it's better to not know and come on the podcast because here's the thing, when I ask you this question, like if any answer you gave me, they're like, like actually the real answer because that's the ones that come top of your head. I mean, yes, sure. I mean, there's not one, two or even eight or 10 people who get inspired. We get inspired by, by a lot of artists and people, maybe more than like even 300 people. But yeah, I mean, it, it gets hard to trying to remember them, but because there's, there's so much diverse genres. But yeah, I mean, it's fine. We can skip this question if you don't remember anyone. But if you do during this podcast, 
do let me know, all right? Okay, okay. It's fine. And the next thing is, what are you working on right now that you can tell us about? I mean, of course, if there's something that there's an NDA involved, you can skip right past this question. But if that's not the case, um, what are you doing right now? Well, right now I'm finishing this uh, 100 fantasy books uh, game asset. Uh, there is 20 left to paint. Also, I have a few commissions on the side. Uh, also, there there is this um, 3D modeler that contacted me on Instagram, and he wanted to uh, model my assets in 3D, and then I would do texture, and we would try selling 3D assets as well. So I never tried selling 3D assets because I I can't model. But he said he he will do it for free. I mean, like he will model for free, and then I do texture, and then of course when we start selling is going to be 50-50 revenue split, so I'm also working on that. Yeah, that, that actually sounds awesome because um, you'd be surprised how much like, you know, 3D assets are like, I think you kind of looked into it, but 3D assets are like, you know, on fire. Like, yes, I most... think they will sell better. Yeah, because uh, like, you know, for good or worse, like, you know, the whole industry right now is going to the direction of 3D and like, I mean, yeah, I can t- it's, it's, it shouldn't be that hard to make quick textures from models, like, I mean, because you already have, like, a plan of them, like, in 2D, and trying to translate them in 3D shouldn't be that much of a problem. So, I, that that's actually a smart idea for, you know, going for 3D assets, and I think you, and here's the thing, I even suggest, if you can, like, try to find some, like, good 3D artists that you personally like, and uh, maybe on, there's a lot of discourse for that, like, you know, different servers, like, people actually are always looking for collaborations. Mm-hmm. And that's actually a good opportunity, like, for example, even, let's say, I don't know, food like texturing, food modeling texturing. Like, that that's something that's always on demand, like, you know, recently I saw in the, in the fantasy discourse survey. Oh, yeah, and actually there was another guest on a podcast I had before, like, she, Roxanne Baril Monfet, yes, I believe that was her name, she was from Canada, and she did gorgeous, like, you know, as, as fun, I mean, not hobby, not, like, going professionally like you as fun like on different like food drawings and different stuff and they were so gorgeous and i was like if i wasn't like in the game developer i would have buy i, I want to buy her assets you know and yeah even like trying to look at the opportunities like this could be really beneficial i well, think well that's the thing uh, she is not aware that she can easily sell that so she can just upload it it doesn't have to be unity asset store it can be envato market graphic river like uh, over there you can sell anything literally anything Whatever you draw, you can just upload it, and if it sells, it, if it sells, it sells. I mean, why just? Uh, I mean, that's my opinion. If you already drawn that, just upload it, and maybe someone will, will find it useful. Yeah, and I had that another question. Um, when you sell an asset, for example, let's say I buy like a five dollar, I like chest asset from you, right? Like you know, different <laughs> types of chests and barrels for my game, right? And so I'm free to use that for my project or also commercially? Commercially. You can do whatever you want as long as you're not selling uh, individual icons as, as you bought them. So uh-huh. you can use them in your game and sell that game, whatever. As long as you uh, just don't buy the asset and re-upload it somewhere to sell it. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, not that. But uh, like, let's say, I mean, for example... people ask me that too. Really? <laughs> Yeah, there's a lot of NFT messages I get. Uh, it's insane. Ew, ew. 
Jesus. Not just that, but they asked me, uh, what license do I get with this? I say commercial license. You can use them in your project and you can sell that project. But no, they actually want to buy my icons and upload them as NFT, just as they are. And earn money. I'm like, you're just taking someone else's work and trying to make money without any work. So I really get a lot of messages like that on Instagram lately. I don't know what, I don't know. Yeah, just block them, honestly. Like, ugh, that that's just disgusting. Jesus. <laughs> and, um, yeah, so another thing I was wondering, like, for example, let's say I bought your gemstone package and I make a game and I release the game and the game, like, you know, sells for a million units. What type of contract, like, does it take for, like, you know, is there a type of contract, for example, you can sell your assets that, you know, if it's like a percentage of your, the revenue of the project goes back to you, is there something like that? No, really, I, I, I don't know. I never, uh, I never bothered with that. It's like it's really you just bought buy the asset and that's it. No matter how many, how much money you earn or if your game becomes popular, that's it. You just bought the asset and it's yours. That's how I see it. Oh yeah, I, I mean yeah, definitely. I mean there's a, like you know a standard commercial license as you said, but I think there are licenses that you know maybe in the future when you wanted to work with I don't know like a big projects or big bigger studios. Um, there's type of like you know sometimes I heard there are contracts that for example you they use an asset from you or something maybe a voice line even maybe you're on voice actors for example and they use lines for the dialogues of their characters and instead of like getting a single payment from them you say no I don't want a payment I want a different type of contract I want like a like let's say point zero 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 three percentage of the share of revenue of the whole sales like I mean that's a sort of agreement you can also do. I mean, yeah, I mean, of course, it depends. You need to do your basic research, background research behind your client and see, all right, if this guy, if these people have potential, I'm going to do that. But I mean, like, you know, doing something like, you know, for let's say $25 and it just goes away. Like, I mean, after a while, like, you know, when you're as a business, when your stuff like kind of advances and improves, you need to uh, work on this stuff as well. And like, you know, try to make already plans and packages for that as well. Because I think that's that could be really beneficial and smart if you could handle that. I, th- I think you're right. And that's an opportunity to earn more money. But I, I'm not sure how to follow that at this moment. I mean, maybe if I had my own website and I would only sell on my website, maybe I could control this. But for example, in Unity Asset Store, you don't see who bought the assets. Uh, anonymous. On our station, there is a name. And on most uh, websites, you don't see who bought it. I, I cannot know who used it in with what game. So I don't see a way how to control that or to even know who is using and how much is that game selling, you know? That's why yeah, I mean, it's... Yeah, you're right. I mean, you need to have your own and, you know, your way of, like, you know, being able to sell your stuff, like, you know, without any middleman in the, like, you know, business. Yeah, you're definitely right about that. And, well, let's jump into, like, a bit of a fun question, like, you know, Aside from all these technical questions, all right? So what area beside the area you're working on right now would you be interested to explore and learn in the future? Like, you know, aside from art, which you're doing right now, which, what would you be interested to do in the future, given if you had enough time and resources and everything? It could be something completely non-art related, by the way. Oh, it would definitely be music. What instrument? Uh, I like, how do you call it, mouth harmonica? Yes, harmonica. Or a guitar or something like that. Mm-hmm. 
I don't have a specific instrument, but uh, I just like music. I like music more than I like digital arts. If I had to choose, I would just rather listen to music than paint. <laughs> I know it's weird, but I it's just amazing. Yeah, I know. Because I can... you cannot, I think you cannot express uh, that emotion with uh, uh, with painting. It's hard. It's easier with music to express emotion and feeling and even memories, the way they come back and everything. Yeah, I can. Yeah, I can totally agree with you. Yeah, I mean, as a medium, like music is a is a bit different, and um, the smells even like I mean, yeah, visual is great, but you know, like the smells, the sounds, the music, like those two, I think are the most strongest. Like you know, emotions that can bring back memories or make memories. You know, they're kind of impact more impactful in their own way. So I can kind of see mm-hmm. why you said that. And, well, we've reached the final question and section of the podcast, which is called Final Words. I'm going to explain to you what it means. Um, imagine you have a, you had a limited amount of time, and in that limited amount of time, you, you could uh, leave a message or messages to anyone who might be listening to this podcast in the future, like maybe a couple of weeks later or a couple of days later, months, years, decades, centuries, who knows? And they've been listening to this podcast, and they reach this like exact moment. To those people, what would you say? Is it supposed to be like an art advice or like life advice? Life advice. Oh, oh, that's a hard question. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I can uh, something in terms of uh, take it easy and let it be. So. I don't know, life advices are hard, but you, it, it, this is an unexpected question, so we didn't prepare for this, but so, something like that. Just take it easy, things take, things take time, and it's going to, it's all going to be all right at the end, or whatever is the end. And all right, sorry, I was just typing your, like, you know, words there, you know, for this question, I always type the answers while the guest is, is saying it. And all right, thank you so much for coming by to this episode. And thank you anyone who tuned in and listened to this episode as well or watched the episode on YouTube as well. Uh, if there was any critiques, suggest- suggestions or comments, like leave them down in the comment section down below, whether on CastBox, YouTube, or you can just DM me on the podcast page is fine. I'll read them all. And by the way, for contacts, if anyone had any questions like from you, is your Instagram okay? Yes, yes. All right, awesome. I'll leave that in the captions as well. And... Thank you again for coming by and thank you to anyone who tuned in. Take care, everyone. Have a good day. Till the next episode. Bye.